Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a personal history of Samuel as we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. This book presents the history, the personal history of Samuel, who was the last of the judges, and it ushers in the beginning of the period of the kings in the children of Israel, or among the children of Israel. There's a certain man of Ramathim Zophim and the Mount Ephraim. His name was Elkanah. He had two wives. One was Hannah, the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children. Hannah had no children. This man went out of the city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh, which at that time was the religious center of the nation. And the two sons of Eli, who was the high priest at that time, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord were there. And it came when the time was that Elkanah offered, he gave to Peninnah and her children portions, but unto Hannah he gave a goodly or an extra portion. Because he loved Hannah very much, but God had shut up her womb and that she was barren. So the scene is set. A man living in polygamy, two wives. One he loved more than the other. One was, had many children, but the one he really loved could not have children. And so her adversary, that is Hannah's adversary, or the other wife, so there was friction in the house between the two wives as they vied for the attention and the love of the one man. As I said this morning, any man's a fool who thinks that he can satisfy all of the needs of two women. And you're bound to have problems. And so they did. The inner strife within the house as Peninnah provoked Hannah, made her fret because that she was barren, really pressed the issue, really taunted her over her inability to have children. So Elkanah was heading for Shiloh, vacation time, feast time, time of celebration. It's to be a time of merriment and rejoicing as you go up to the house of God to worship. It's interesting to me that God wants the rejoicing to, or the worship of him to be a rejoicing, happy experience. They called them the feast, and they were just feasts. People would go up and just have a great feast. It was a holiday, a time in which they worshiped God and gathered before him, a time of rejoicing and happiness. And so Elkanah was heading up for this time and taking his wife Hannah with him. She was weeping all the time and wouldn't eat. And so Elkanah said to her, Why do you weep? Why aren't you eating? Why is your heart so grieved? Aren't I not better to you than ten sons? Can't you be happy with me? And so... 
Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and they had drunk, and Eli the priest sat upon the seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. Now she was in bitterness of soul, and she prayed unto the Lord, and she wept sore. And during this period she vowed a vow unto the Lord. She said, Lord, if you will indeed look upon the affliction of your handmaid and remember me and not forget me, but if you will give unto me a man-child, give me a boy, I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Father, Lord, if you'll just give me a son, I'll give him back to you, but I want a son. I'll give him back to you all the days of his life. Now, there are many times when we pray and we wonder why our prayers are not answered immediately. There are some times in which God delays the answer to our prayers. Here's the case. Now, Hannah no doubt had been praying about a son for a long time. Cursed with barrenness, she had no doubt brought it before the Lord many times in prayer. Oh, God, give me a son. Lord, I want a son. God, why haven't you given me a son? And yet there seemingly was no answer to her prayer. God delayed the answer. Now, with Hannah, there was a reason why God delayed the answer, and with us. If God delays the answer of our prayers, there's a reason for his delay. And oftentimes with Hannah, the reason being that God is seeking to bring us around to his purposes. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the entire earth, to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are completely towards him. And so God was waiting, bringing Hannah around to where her heart was completely towards God and the things of God and that which God wanted. God was needing a man to lead Israel during these desperate days of transition. He needed a man that he could speak to and that would speak to the people for him. For during this period of their history, they had not really heard from God. It says the word of the Lord was precious. It means it was scarce. God wasn't speaking to men. There were no men whose ears were really open to God. And so Hannah, finally out of the desperation of her soul, said, Lord, if you will just give to me a son, I will give him back to you all the days of his life. This is what God was desiring. This is what God was looking for. And so when God brought her around to this place of that commitment to God, Lord, if you just give me a son, I'll give him back to you. Then the Lord answered her prayer. And when God now gives... He many times delays giving in order that he might give more or in order that what is given is used for his purposes. Now, I feel that many times when we are praying, the Bible says we don't always know how to pray as we ought, and this is very true. We oftentimes pray for things that in our initial prayer we're thinking about ourselves. James says you have and receive not because you ask amiss that you might consume it upon your own lust. 
And much of our prayer is that of personal kind of request to God as we almost look at God as a Santa Claus, kind of a, you know, I want this, I want that, I want this. And we're thinking not really of God, but we are thinking of ourselves. What I want, rather than what does God want. Now the Bible says if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if he hears us, then we have received the petitions that we have asked of him. Much of what we ask is not really according to God's will. It's according to my own desires. I'm thinking of myself, how I can use it for me. And Hannah, no doubt, was for a long time just thinking, Lord, I want a son, so that other wife will shut her mouth. Tired of this business of being chided all the time. And Lord, I want a son that I can nurse. I want a son that I can take care of. And she was thinking of herself. But now, through the processes of God's working in her life, and she was a godly woman, it is expressed as we get into the next chapter and we, we read of her rejoicing when God answered her prayer. We see that in the, the praise of Hannah, there are earmarks of a depth of spirituality. But now she's brought in harmony with the purposes of God. God, just give me a son, and I will give him back to you all the days of his life. Now it came to pass as she was continuing to pray before the Lord that Eli, the priest sitting there, and the post was watching her. And he saw the grimaces on her face, and he saw her mouth moving, and he listened, and he couldn't hear any words. And so he just concluded that she was drunk. And he said unto her, Hey, woman, why are you so drunk? Put away your wine. And she answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord denied the accusations of the priest and just said, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I've poured out my soul to the Lord. Don't count your handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken unto the Lord. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that you have asked of him. And she said, Let your handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way, did eat. Her countenance was no more sad. She believed the word of the Lord. Change of attitude. She didn't go around looking sad anymore. She didn't go around not eating. Her husband probably wondered the change in the whole attitude. But it was faith, believing the word of God through the priest, believing that God was now going to give her a son, it would be actually contrary to fact for her to go on with sadness and grieving, not eating. God has promised he's going to answer.
Herein is, of course, one of the marks of faith. Acting as though you have it before you actually have it. In attitude. If God has promised to give it to me, why should I go around just moping and sad and sorrowful? Why should I go around worried and concerned if God has promised to give it to me? If I really believe the promises of God, I'm going to start rejoicing. I'm going to start actually just my attitude and my actions are going to be in harmony with what I actually believe. And so because she believed the promise of God, her countenance was changed. She started eating. And so they rose up in the morning early, and after worship they headed back to their house at Ramah, which is just north of Jerusalem, the modern city of Ramallah. And Hannah became pregnant. The Lord remembered her. Therefore it came to pass, when the time was come after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, which means asked of God, because she said, I asked him of the Lord. So Samuel means asked of God. And the man Elkanah and all of his house went up to offer to the Lord yearly the sacrifice and to make his vow, but Hannah did not go up. For she said to her husband, I will not go up until I have weaned the child, and then I will take him to the house of God that he may abide there. So Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seems good. Wait until you have weaned him. Only the Lord establish his word. So the woman abode and gave and nursed her son, actually, until she had weaned him. And after Samuel had been weaned, she took him up with her, with three bullocks and a bushel of flour, a bottle of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young. And they slew a bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that was here. I'm the woman, if you'll remember, that was lying there and you thought I was drunk. And I told you I was asking God for a son. And this is the son for whom I prayed. Here he is. Here's the proof. Here's my little boy. There have been many occasions here at Calvary Chapel where young couples have come up and have expressed their desire to have a child. Maybe they've been married four, five, six years. Some of them married 10, 12 years. And they come up and they express their desire for a child. We've been married this long, and we've never been able to have a child, and oh, we, we're thinking about adopting, but we'd love to have a child. And we have laid hands on them and prayed for them, and a year or two later, they come up and say, this is the baby that we prayed for. This is the child. And, and we have these same kind of experiences, a lot of little miracle babies around here where God has answered the prayer and has blessed the home with children. And she was excited. She said, oh, my Lord, I'm the woman. I'm the woman that was here. And it was for this child that I prayed. 
And the Lord has given me my petition that I've asked of him. Therefore, I am giving him back to the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be the Lord's. And he worshiped the Lord there. Now, this is where we get the dedication of babies on Sunday morning. It is more or less following this same pattern of Hannah. We've asked God to bless, to give us children, recognizing that these children are gifts from God. We bring them back to God and say, God, you have given us this child, but we want to give this child to you for your purposes, that it, the child might serve you all the days of their life. That your purposes and your will might be accomplished within the child. And so the dedication of our babies unto the Lord. Now, I do not know of any scriptural basis for baptizing babies. I do not know of a single scriptural proof for the baptism of babies. I really believe that baptism is more an act of a conscious adult. There are two scriptures really that deal with baptism. The one is, Repent and be baptized. Now, I've yet to meet one of these little babies that has repented. <laughs> In Mark's gospel, it says, He that believeth and is baptized. And they really don't have yet enough intelligence to believe. Now, it doesn't mean that the child would be lost if it died. I believe that a child within a Christian home is saved if it dies before an age of accountability. And I believe that 1 Corinthians, the 7th chapter, teaches this. That the believing wife or husband, either of them being a believer, the child is covered by the believing parent. Else would your children be unclean, but now Paul said they are holy. So the faith of a believing parent covers for that child. You say, but what about an unbelieving parent? That I don't know. The Bible is silent. I must be silent. You say, but wouldn't it be fair? Well, God will do what's ever fair. But the Bible doesn't say specifically. I can't say specifically. I believe that God will be fair. I, I, I'm sure that he'll be fair. I know he'll be fair. And I rest my case there in the righteousness and the fairness of God. God will be absolutely fair in all of his judgments. There's not one person going to get a bad deal before the judgment bar of God. There's not one person going to be, a walk away, be able to walk away and say, that isn't fair. God will deal justly with every case and every extenuation in each case. The justice of God is something that I am absolutely convinced of. The absolute righteousness of the judgments of God. The justice of man is something I have little belief in. I cry with the crowd, there ain't no justice. But that's only speaking from a human standpoint. But from the divine standpoint, the absolute righteousness of the judgment of God is something that I have no question about whatsoever. And thus I'm not really worried about those people that have never heard of Jesus Christ or the babies who die or whatever. I know that God is going to be absolutely righteous and fair in his judgments. 
So I, I just rested there. But babies scripturally can be dedicated or presented to God. Now in the New Testament, when Jesus was born, they came and offered the sacrifices for uh, the firstborn child and they presented him unto the Lord. And the priest lifted him up in his hands and blessed him and, and said, now Lord, let thy servant die in peace for you've allowed me to see your salvation. But again, the idea of here's my child, Lord, I present him to you that you might use this life for whatever purposes, that your influences might come upon this child and lead and guide him as he grows and as develops. And Lord, I give him back to you all the days of his life. And I think it's a marvelous gesture on the part of a parent. We dedicated all of our children to the Lord. Actually, between us, dedicated them to the Lord before they were ever born. Now, it is true that when they get old enough, they've got to make their own commitments and their own decisions. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 1 Samuel on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order 1 Samuel 1 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless you and keep you. I pray that God will give you divine insulation by His Holy Spirit that will just sort of ward off all of the evil influences that are pointed in your direction that surround you daily when you're on the job or in your classroom or are just dealing with, with this corrupt system. I pray that God will just help you to keep your mind and heart fixed upon Him and that you'll look above the corruption of this world and that you'll be strengthened as we look to Him, our only hope, but who is our strength and our defense. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. This Christmas, why not give the gift of God's Word by choosing the Word for Today Bible featuring Chuck Smith's notes highlighting a simple understanding of the Scriptures. This Bible includes an exhaustive concordance, cross-references, in-text and color maps, words of Christ in red, and Chuck Smith's commentary notes including Hebrew and Greek word origins. 
And in the Word for Today Bible softcover edition, we've included Chuck Smith's book, How Can a Man Be Born Again, which is very informative for a new believer. It's our prayer that as your loved ones read the Word for Today Bible, Chuck's commentaries will give a simple understanding into the scriptures, causing God's Word to come to life in their heart, not only drawing them into a closer relationship with the Lord, but stirring them to passionately serve God. For more information, please call the Word for Today at 800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org to read a preview.